What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on this show, we are so thankful to have you, Radical Ones. And we're doing 1989's Uncle Buck, starring John Candy. I'm your Uncle Buck! It's time to get radical. Hello there. It's showtime. What is this, trick or treat? Did I do that? Good morning, Charlie! The power is yours. Get down, honey, get down. Yeah. And look, I won't go far, okay? If the apocalypse comes, beat me. My name is Grace Jones. Thunder, 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 Welcome back, Radical Ones, to another episode of the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast. As always, I am your host, Radical Ryan Hunter, and I am here with the movie geek himself, Rob, for another episode of the podcast. Welcome, Rob. Hello, everyone. Good to be back again. So it is the end of November, Rob, and I had been asking, you know, if there's a movie you wanted to do for Thanksgiving, and you said suggested Uncle Buck. You also suggested another one, which I want to use for next year. <laughs> which one was that? I don't remember. It was Curly Sue. Oh, yes. Curly <laughs> Sue. So, Love stay tuned. Curly Sue. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah, next year. <laughs> Uncle Buck 1989. You know, Thanksgiving is about family and friends, and we are definitely thankful for you, Radical Ones, for listening, but what a great idea idea for a movie rob yeah thank you i suggested this because i had never seen this movie before so my thoughts and opinions are from a first time
time view. Oh, this is great. Yeah, I cannot tell you why I haven't seen it, but to tell you the truth, it could be because I really didn't get into John Hughes until late. The only movie I had really seen and stuck with is Weird Science, and that's because of the science part of it and not the John Hughes part of it. And as I did the podcast of my own, I watched a couple more, but I'm slowly watching thoroughly more of his his movies. So Uncle Buck is finally being seen, and yeah, here to talk about it. Oh, that is exciting. So we will delve into that in a minute, but Rob came with a game this week. He is going to tell you all about it. I'm very excited. Yes, yes. Uh, I came up with this game because, you know, the listeners wanted more games and I love games. So I came up with this because of the movie we are reviewing Uncle Buck. I thought it would be fun to go through a fast round of famous TV and movie uncles with Ryan. He will quickly have to tell me after I say the uncle's name, if it's an uncle from TV or it's an uncle from a movie or if it's an uncle from both. And he'll, he'll have to answer these real oh. quick because we're just going to keep going. If he feels like flexing on me and everybody else, he'll tell you where from. But he only has to tell me TV, movie, or both. Okay, so this is the first time I'm hearing this and I'm very excited. I'm very excited to be in the hot seat this time. All right, Radical Ones, if you want to play along, you know, hopefully you're just as quick as Ryan, but let's see how many of these you can get. Are you ready? I'm so ready because you know I want to put a ding sound effect already. Or an <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right, here we go. Famous uncles. Uncle Jesse. TV. Yes. Uncle Ben. Both. Correct. Uncle Leo. TV. Correct. Uncle Jed. Both. Correct. Uncle Henry. Ooh. Movie. Correct. Uncle Phil. <laughs> TV. Correct. Uncle Fatso. Both? Correct. Uncle Scar. Both. 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 Incorrect. <clears throat> Movie. Uncle Oscar Bluth. Excuse me. Movie. Incorrect. <clears throat> TV. Uncle Ruckus. Uh, both. Incorrect. <clears throat> TV. Uncle Frank. TV. Incorrect. <clears throat> Movie. Uncle Peckerhead. Oh, movie. Correct. Uncle Marvin. Uncle TV. I knew that was for you. Correct. Uncle Martin Daniels. TV. Incorrect. <clears throat> movie. Uncle Fester. Both. Correct. Uncle Charlie. TV. Correct. Uncle Hub and Uncle Garth. Both. Incorrect. <clears throat> movie. Uncle Joe McTeague. TV, TV. Incorrect movie. And last one, Uncle Chan. Um, uh, TV. Correct. Great job. You you got most of them. Okay, but I know that you were confused by some of them. <laughs> so Uncle Scar, it's Lion King, right? It is Lion King. Was he dead? On, did they have a cartoon? I don't know. I was thinking, did they have a cartoon possibly that's a TV show? To my knowledge, I don't think he ever showed up in any TV series or future film because he died at the end. So It's not like Ursula. I think she was might have been on that cartoon. But that was a great game. And I'm surprised I knew half of those. You okay? So some of these you got correct, but I feel they were a guess. So probably, Uncle, probably Uncle Leo. You did get it correct. You said TV. Do you know where Uncle Leo's from? No. This is Uncle Leo Seinfeld. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, yes, yes. Oh, that makes sense. Yes. 
<laughs> yes. All right. And then I believe you got Uncle Oscar Bluth incorrectly. I'm not sure. I can't remember. It is TV. It's from Arrested Development. This is the Bluth family. I've never seen that show. <laughs> All good. I know it's a huge, I mean, that is a huge show. That's one of those big ones. I believe Uncle Ruckus you got right. Do you know where Uncle Ruckus is from? That sounded so familiar. <laughs> the name can go one or two ways. I believe there is an Uncle Ruckus in that very, very controversial Disney movie from way back when. <laughs> Yes. But the name in satire was also taken for the character in Boondocks. The very racist. Oh, that is what I was thinking. The older gentleman. Yes. Thinking a cartoon. Yes. But he's not the one that takes care of the kids. He's the racist neighbor or the, you know, the town oh, hater. okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Uncle Peckerhead is a horror film. I knew you would know that, but I just <laughs> decided to give it to you. So Uncle Martin Daniels, uh, you got incorrect. That's from a movie. This is played by Charles Grodin in the movie Clifford. Oh, how funny. Okay, that's great. Yeah. Very on brand, too. <laughs> <laughs> you got this right, Uncle Charlie from TV. Where is that from? Honestly, it sounded so familiar. I'm like, it has to be a TV show. <laughs> Two and a Half Men. Okay, so that's one of those shows that I've seen. Mm -mm. Yeah. Let's see. Uncle Hub and Garth is from a movie. It's Secondhand Lions. Played by Michael Caine and John Lemon, I believe. Oh, how funny. Yes. <laughs> that is great. That is great. Uncle Joe McTeague is Kurt uh, Douglas, and he played the uncle to a very big and greedy family trying to go after his fortune. And Michael J. Fox is the one nephew that they believe they can use to get money on their side of the family. It's from a movie called Greedy, which hardly anyone knows about, and maybe one day we'll review it, but it's done by the same director who did Clue. So he's really good at, you know, handling big casts and contained storylines and just character comedy. So it's, it's pretty funny. And the last one, Uncle Chan, is from TV. Do you you know where this character's from. I was thinking of the Jackie Chan Adventures. It is Jackie Chan Adventures. <laughs> so, okay, okay. <laughs> and Uncle Phil, of course. Yes, yes. You got Uncle Fatso, very good. Uncle Henry, you got. Uncle Jed, Uncle Jed, you got. I'm pretty proud of you for that. Good job on that. So yeah, that, that was all. Just, you know, other uncle. I'm sure there are plenty of uncles I miss, but... Oh, Uncle Marvin was from the Goldbergs. Great. Yes. And great, by the way, segue. When we decided to do this episode, the next week of the Goldbergs, I was telling Rob, was an Uncle Buck spoof episode with their awesome. uncle, which he just mentioned in this game. So that's really funny. That was great timing. <laughs> Very good. You 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 got a lot, so that's good. <laughs> wow. Better than I thought, Radical One. So if you enjoyed that game, please let us know because honestly, this game could go for probably any kind of person, animal, sibling, aunt, uncle. Oh, we did uncles. Ants? Famous ants. <laughs> that being said, this is Rob's first First review of this movie let's just dive right into it because i'm sure you have either heavy feelings either way or in between where do you live city we have a house apartment on a rent rent 
What do you do for a living? Lots of things. Where's your office? I don't have one. How come? I don't need one. Where's your wife? Don't have one. How come? It's a long story. Do you have kids? No, I don't. How come? It's an even longer story. Are you my dad's brother? I'm your dad's brother, all right. Buck Russell had always been the black sheep of the family. I'm stunned that I'm related to you. Until one night. Buck, we have a problem with the kids. We're stuck for somebody to watch them. Oh, please, not that. Can we trust him? My brother, for God's sake. I won't let him get into that Satan stuff or any of the new chicks. I'll leave that for me. Wow. <laughs> I'm kidding. Huh? Now, he's making them breakfast. Cigar? No, thanks. Making them lunch. <laughs> and making them crazy. <laughs> Irresistible. And I want to ask okay. you why I'm so attracted to you. I, I wouldn't even guess at that. Whoa! Oh, oh, oh. He's unbelievable. I'm Anita Horgar. I'm Buck Melanoma. Molly Russell's ward. He's Would you just let John Candy. As Uncle Buck. What does he like to drink? I've been leaving the, the toilet seats up. Is that what the blue water is? It's not good for him, huh? Uncle Buck. The new comedy from John wow. Hughes. You have much more hair on your nose than my dad. Well, nice of you to notice. I'm a kid, that's my job. Coming soon to a theater near you. This movie is about Cindy and her husband Bob have to leave town for a family emergency. There is only one person available to babysit for their three kids. Bob's lazy, carefree brother, Buck. While he immediately gets along with the two younger children, Buck must change his bachelor lifestyle if he wants to be a responsible caregiver for the angst-filled teenager, Tia. Oh my God. Like her mother says, Rob, I was over the whole thing too, from her first moment. Okay, so I, I could end up blabbing here and just going on and on, but I'll try and keep my first thoughts contained. I just want to say that I, I had no idea that this movie was going to be what it was. I had a completely different film in my head. And judging from the cover of this film, it seemed that this very normal suburban family was dealing with a very black sheep and someone who may be unconventional, but seriously just plays by his own rules, but is a menace, just a total menace and somebody not to get along with, takes advantage of people and literally just does everything that he can to avoid paying for things or just having his own life. Yeah. And how far from this ideal was this movie? Which also questions exactly what John Hughes's moral compass was from this. I'm not trying to say that he believes in the nuclear family and, and you know, wife in the kitchen and all that stuff. But I feel that Buck's character is represented so wrong in the description of the movie, the way the trailers and even the cover art pictures him. He is not lazy. He's misguided. No. He doesn't, you know, want to grow up in a sense of what an adult would have at his age. But again, that's putting a lot of morals from the 80s onto him. I didn't find him disturbing or sloppy or someone not to root for or someone that we 
don't like to be around. He was a gem. He was sweet and he was caring. And even this idea of him just not wanting to settle down and the idea of kids just didn't hit him right. This man was amazing with kids. He was the first one awake every morning, ready to cook breakfast, no matter how unconventional. And if (laughs) anything didn't work, he would find ways to do it. Yeah. And got the job done, um, i.e. the laundry. Like it just, I just don't understand what exactly Uncle Buck and people like him are supposed to feel bad about themselves because they don't want to get married immediately or they don't want to have kids immediately. Like I just, I just didn't understand why he was looked at as somebody not to be. I found him to be an amazing character Charming. and a little bit of a role model, just a smidge. But I understand his lack of commitment and taking things seriously, doing things the quick way instead of earning his keep. But this man was given a job to take care of these kids and he did exactly that. He read, you know, Tia's boyfriend immediately when he saw it. He was a protector. Like, I yeah. just, I don't understand what was so bad about this guy. But overall, let me just tell you, Ryan, that I absolutely love this movie. I love that. That's so nice that you enjoyed it. I I just don't know why people are not talking about this wonderful movie and this wonderful character all the time. I mean, I know it's a fan favorite and people do enjoy it, but I honestly don't hear about this movie at all. It should be on TV. It never is on TV, ever. I, I was so surprised of how much I was laughing and I was so into it. I was emotional but not in a sad way but just so invested in every single character and the fact that it was pg this movie is dark it gets away with so much stuff and it's pg i just could not believe the tone and just how everything just clicked what i have written down here and i'll just end it with this is the movie kind of played in vignettes And um, this is something that I want to talk to you about later. Rather than a flow of a story, which is fine for me, but I expected a lot more shenanigans at home and more examples about how horrible this man is. But I did not get that. Uh, Seems he was just lazy on settling down. But Buck is a great character in this movie. I would definitely watch again. So I love that description. It had been a while for me, Rob. And honestly... I'm thinking about buying it because I enjoyed it again that much, you know, and we've done John Candy movies between this podcast. I always enjoyed him, but I think this is one of his top roles for me. Oh, 100%. Like, again, that's what makes me so like, I can't believe I've never seen this because this is literally one of his best roles. I just was so impressed on how diverse this man was as far as drama and charismatic and then just being funny and then naturally just playing himself without being a gimmick and which that is not bad but this man is usually a character within a character in some of yeah, these movies perfect that he's description. In. that's true and this man got to kind of just play a guy with a, a real person. personality yes and i just was so impressed i was so impressed it's so refreshing to hear because you never know with movies nowadays especially you know 
older movies that you might not have grown up with and it doesn't have a nostalgia for somebody you could see right through its flaws if it, you know what it has were you also surprised to see laurie metcalf in this movie <laughs> i was um it was spoiled as i was looking at the character list but you know while playing the movie i did notice her in the cast so it was fun to see her she was my least favorite character unfortunately only yeah, because she's- she just- <laughs> She made me very cringy, which again, that is a testament to her and her acting because she's so good at that. But there was just something so off about her. I just didn't really find her to be appealing. But uh, I I love her as an actress and I thought she was funny when she was on here. It's just her character was just weird and out of place. And you never get a sense of her friendship with the mom. And then for her to just come over, the doors unlocked and the way she just inserts herself into this very forced plot line of of a like a a a tiff between him and his and his girlfriend right it just was i don't know it was just a little off in you know again a little cringy but it was still fun so evidently these john hughes films go for over three hours a lot of the times and he cuts them down and one of the scenes that had been cut there was a youtube video is one in the supermarket where buck is going shopping and he runs into her and she admits that she has this she doesn't know why but she has this thing for him we we're supposed to get that she's this newly divorced d- divorced oh my god <laughs> newly divorced woman you know she's just finding him attractive because of, of that but it doesn't come off like that as much to me i will say that her first scene when she does get the innuendo that he's banging oh, the that. mom back i mean like uh, like that right there was a good example like this is pg they are getting away with so much stuff and it was very descriptive but I just I just found that to be hilarious. But yeah. Hello? Okay, I'm getting mad. Alright. Get ready, here I come. Come on! What do I have to talk dirty to you? Come on, open up for daddy. Shovel loading. There we go. Come on, it's nice and easy. Come on, here we go. Take that! Take that! Come on, you don't want the curl bar, do you? Come on! Open up! Come on! I'm gonna shove my load into you whether you like it or not! Come on! Ah. Come on, you son of a bitch! Open up! Okay. Come on here, brother. One, two, three. Freeze! What? Who are you? Cindy! She's in Indianapolis. What's she doing in Indianapolis? Her father had a heart attack. Who are you, and how do you know her father had a heart attack? I'm her brother-in-law. Oh, yeah? Who you talking dirty to? The washing machine. <laughs> That's perfect. Do you see the template? To me, it's the template for Home Alone. Yes, I believe I see what you're saying, but elaborate on that for me. What do you mean by template? Okay, so, I mean, not just because Macaulay Culkin is one of the child actors in this thing, but I think the humor and that way that you can mix this adultness with his charming family kind of heartwarming story and still get a PG rating quite like that. Gotcha. But even the lines of when the character, the, the son, is washing the dishes... 
to me, that was Kevin from Home oh, Alone. Yes. 100%. It was like an idea there, I think. Just him answering the phone. Like, he he's a grown man. Like, he knows yep. when it's time to be a grown-up. And, and yeah, in his speech, he just talks like an adult person. So, yes, I totally saw that, for sure. So they must have said, this is a star or something, or I could go, like, this route with that. And also, did you see the house? Now, what is with these houses? This is, to me, it looked almost like the Home Alone house, but it wasn't. But this is his this is his type of house. <laughs> yeah, no, it sure is. I was not surprised that we got a family who just has everything and we have no idea what they do to get that money. But they have enough of it. This mom was handing him like oh, blankets yeah. of blank checks. Like, what the hell? Like, just take them. You might need them. What? Blank <laughs> check? Are you serious? Like, you don't even trust him and you're giving him blank checks. I just was like, you have money. Okay, that's flexing. <laughs> for sure. And by the way, did you get any time period of how long this mother and father was gone for? Because honestly, I thought it was over three weeks. Like... <laughs> I would said. say it was almost a month to to be honest. I mean, but again, Darn. this is why the movie again just plays off in like a comic strip. We're just getting yeah. scenes that where something just happens and we don't get a follow through. Like one example is when um Bug goes to see the assistant principal about Maisie. Oh, we don't get my God. we don't get any scene with her being disruptive. So it's just this random scene of him going to the school to talk with her, which was very overboard, by the way. Like that exact scene was in overboard when Goldie Hawn defended the three kids or four kids for being disruptive. And she just yes. tears the new one in yes. the assistant principal. So and true. Yeah. So I thought that was good. But yeah, they're just, yeah, it, it missed a little bit of the flow through. And again, watching this YouTube video, it definitely highlighted that a lot of scenes were cut, especially an entire story arc of the boy I forget his that, name. I think that is adorable. Miles. Miles. He um, is having trouble finding friends at school and, and you know, um, always getting ignored. But there was one scene where he takes out lunch and I think he yelled out tuna or something and then everyone scattered and then it cut to another scene and that was it. That's all we get. And I had no idea what that meant. And then I'm watching the YouTube video and it seems that Buck was putting food of all assortments that never go together and it's not traditional lunch food in his bag and he made sort of the um routine of all the kids wondering well what's in this boy's bag this time and it gave him opportunity <laughs> so for him to meet other kids and so i thought that was great but again we didn't get to see any of that but it explains a little bit more about some of the other scenes that we saw i think when macaulay says can we possibly discuss a lunch trade and they all scattered yes, that's what that was. was so adorable that's what it was yeah that was so adorable you're right because we never get a sense that the younger daughter is a problem at all a matter of fact tia just sends me up i know she's an a i get it her parents don't know anything about her you know but every time i've seen this movie over the years oh with this tia <laughs> so i i don't get it with the younger sister but when uncle buck says to that principal take this quarter and go downtown and have the rat gnaw that thing off your face rob but I know a good kid when I see one. Because they're all good kids. Until dried out, brain dead skags like you 
drag them down and convince them they're no good. You so much as scowl at my niece or any other kid in this school and I hear about it, and I'm coming looking for you. Take this quarter. Go downtown and have a rat gnaw that thing off your face. Good day to you, madam. <laughs> wow. Um, we did get a scene of Maisie in class. She was doing a little bit of a storytelling and she oh, mentioned shit. something about what happened at home, which again, I would have loved to have seen the scene. And while she wasn't really disruptive, you know, I guess the teacher kind of was like, are you telling the truth? And that, that might have been sense. disruptive. Also, if I read correctly, I think it was in a small review or a recap or something. Somebody mentioned that John Candy had people over for gambling and he he ran like a poker game at the house or something yeah. i don't know if but i never got yeah. that scene either one other thing about Maisie i thought was funny i she, she had some really good lines and there was a scene with her and her sister in the beginning and she's tia's brushing her hair and i just love the fact that she was like i'm gonna take care of you or something and we don't need any she and she i can't remember what she said but then she just goes and messes up her hair just as a classic fuck you to her and I just thought that was freaking hilarious. I thought that was so funny. Yeah, she wanted the mother to do it. And then she's like, no, it's not true that the mother. What do you think about that? The parents going in the middle of the night? I'm sorry. I don't know. I think I would have woke my kids up and just been like, you know, this is what's going on. But I, I guess you're supposed to get that they moved away. The older daughter is upset about this. So she's taking it out on them. And they rather them not go back because it would be harder on them. And they have school as well. Or Yeah. Or I I think it's because they have school. It's the only reason why, because they don't know how long they're going to be out of town. So to take the kids out of school for that long would be bad. And she definitely is not the kind of woman who could be a mother and also a daughter. She needs to pick one and stick with it because she's too high strung for me. I think it was in her best interest of the, of the children to leave them at home because she just couldn't cut it. I just don't. But do you need your husband there three or four or a month? I mean, it's for the plot i get it but that was extreme too well we don't know exactly the dynamic that she has with her family i would say that she's there he's there for moral support that's the only thing i can think of she also could just be an only child we don't know but Good i mean point. but that but that's the thing with these rich kids we already get a sense that they aren't listened to anyway you know the the mother and the daughter have a weird relationship dad is playing the lovable dad because he doesn't want to be the bad guy so yeah. I mean, are they the best parents? Who knows? But I mean, it's it seems on brand to just be like, we'll have the nanny look for you or or, you know, we'll just call another babysitter. You know, that's just how it is. There was that line to you. It was just like, oh, you're just going to leave us with somebody else. Tia, what'd you blow all that makeup for? We're just going bowling. I'm not going bowling. Come on. It's a great sport and it's virtually impossible to get pregnant while doing it. If you catch my drift. You're disgusting. I'll die before I go anywhere with you. Okay, please, let's get into Tia then. Were you okay with her character? Or, yeah, I mean, do you get it? My, my initial reaction, I said this daughter is super hardcore. In fact, I didn't expect it to be so dark in this family film, especially for right. it being PG. Technically, I could have brought this movie 
to school to watch because you were allowed to bring PG movies to school. Right. And they would have had to have let me watch this in, in, in class if, if they okayed the movie. Of course, they would view it first. But I just was like, she is so dark. But to me, it's literally just a lack of me not being a parent. I have said this so many times on this show and on mine. I don't go for that cry for help teen angst bull crap. I don't. I'm not saying it's it's like one strike and you're out type of mess, but her behavior would not go. Like you you pick the parent you want to live with or the adult guardian and you go stay with them because your happiness is way more important than you just doing what I tell you to do because I said so and I know best. Like she's old enough. And yes, the movie did give her a story arc of redemption. And she definitely was the villain of the movie. But that stuff, I don't, I just don't, I'm not, I can't, I don't have the mental capacity to deal with that type of crap. I just can't. This is why I don't have kids. It's just, she was just out of control. So disrespectful. It's insane. And here's the thing. I would have loved for this to have happened to a middle-class family because this This would not fly. It's only in these rich families that they just let kids slam doors, walk out of rooms, and literally talk to them like they're nothing. And just, I just, Tia was just too much. She was very hardcore. But at the end of the day, she was she, annoyed. She was a she was a very different character that I wanted to see contrast to Buck and play right. out. And that's the thing. Buck never let her get the upper hand. He had something for everything, and it was beautiful. Isn't was it refreshing? Never- You're just gonna lose again. Try me. How'd you like to spend the next several nights wondering if your crazy, out-of-work bum uncle will shave your head while you sleep? See you in the car. It's refreshing. I mean, while most of those were very eccentric, empty threats, I have a feeling that the way that Buck is, he would have executed every single one of them, but not one threat had to do with violence or imprisonment or, you know, any of that. It was, I'm going to lock in your room. I'm going to remove this door from your room. I'm going to like ground you and I'm going to hit you. None of it. It Yeah, yeah. it was just all about embarrassment. And I just like, that is just a natural skill for somebody who doesn't have kids. And I just, again, it's part of Buck's charm that I'm just like, what's wrong with this guy? I don't see anything wrong with him. So Rob brings his VHS to school. And one of the first words out of the movie with the daughter is, crap's not a swear word. You're thinking of shits or something like that. <laughs> so yeah, this is not, not your kid's PG movie. She also tells the mother, Rob, this line. They're eating Chinese takeout. This is such a wonderful dinner, mother. How do you find the time? What uh Oh. Yeah, I, you know, I, I guess, you know, when you move away and you lose all your friends and you have to start over again, like I totally get it. But she just gets away with a lot. So, I mean, as the movie wraps up, she is given a visual understanding of what Buck has been trying to tell her all along. Right. She opens up a little bit more. And I understand that with teens, it's a very trial and error. You have to allow them to fail. I will say this, though. They did get me 
on the twist. I honestly thought that oh, that was yeah. her in yep. bed with yep. um, Bug. I, I really thought that that was him. And that, again, just gives me an ugly taste in my mouth because I thought that she was the type of girl to allow him to do that. <laughs> me too. I hate myself for thinking that she would do that, but that's just how she presented herself, that she would really succumb to just getting that attention and that like closeness and intimacy that she needed because she didn't get it at home totally get that but i felt bad but at the same time i'm like oh thank god that wasn't her but he still took care of him because she even looked like she didn't want to be there and he was like i'm not leaving you here with him and he had that face on with the drill that was so good so good i don't want to get off tangent was there anything more on like tia but because i have more stuff no more with tia i just did want to say though the high schoolers I think they were straight out of Bram Stoker's Dracula movie. Like, <laughs> did they not look like the most, I guess not like early 90s. It's, it's 1989, but they look like the template for like what gothic kids would have become. I mean, seen, that might have been the style definitely in the 80s, but there's a complete line drawn between suburbia and the alternative. <laughs> And, you know, the alternative is these hipsters, like poets with their, you know, um, I can't think of those hats, this, the kangaroo, like, yeah, you hats, know, or I forget what hats. they're called. And, you know, the sunglasses and, you know, all around, of that like, that's, that's just the look, right? And so, yeah, apparently one of the kids, I don't know in which scene this would be, but Anna Klumsky was apparently one of the kids, but I missed her. I don't know where she was seen at. I did not see her either, and over the years I had heard that because, of course, they star in My Girl together. So it was a great connection, but Rob, no, I never see her either. It must be like one of those Seth Green, Buffy movie situations. <laughs> They're there, but... <laughs> yeah. Even though we've kind of talked about them here and there, I do want to talk about the fact that for me, when you have a family film, your movie is only as good as your child actors. And I honestly think that, is, is this Gabby? Am I thinking, am I guessing that right? Yes, Gabby Hoffman. Yeah, Gabby Hoffman and Macaulay, like, they were fantastic. Killed it. They were so good at delivering these lines, keeping their innocence as children, but yet knowing exactly what it is that they were saying in such an adult and mature fashion. I may be giving them too much credit, but there was just something about the way these kids were just low-key, just the coolest kids ever. Especially Macaulay, I think, really, Home Alone. Like, this is when they were like, this kid could be something, and we got those Home Alone moments. If I had kids, these are the types, they weren't shy. They said what they were on, what's on their mind, you know, like they call bullshit when they see bullshit. Like it, I, these are the kids that I want to converse with. I just love these types of kids and they did so well. Where do you live? In the city. Do you have a house? Apartment. On a rent? Rent. What do you do for a living? Lots of things. Where's your office? I don't have one. How come? I don't need one. Where's your wife? Don't have one. How come? It's a long story. Do you have kids? No, I don't. How come? It's an even longer story. Are you my dad's brother? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? 38. I'm your dad's brother, all right. You have much more hair and you know than my dad. How nice of you to notice. I want to go into the questionnaire. Again, out of nowhere, we just get it and then it just oh, cuts. Oh, yeah. It just... <laughs> 
it just cuts to a different scene. That's it. But this questionnaire was fantastic. And Buck didn't treat him like a kid answering these questions. He kept a straight face. What do you want to know? Let's do this. And that is the dynamic that I love. And that scene was hilarious. It was hilarious. But did you notice? Did you notice that in his questionnaire, he asked, do you have any do you have any kids? Are you married? Like, even as this little kid's mind goes, Hughes have painted this picture of you are either a family man or you are not a grown man at all. And that I would say that's the one sort of like overall under the radar message that I did not like about this movie. Not everyone grows up per se in the same amount of time. And it did seem like they were, they, they put a lot of projection, I think, on Uncle Buck because like the daughter says, they didn't ask him to come around. The fact that this man did this yes. shows that it was always in him. He just wasn't given the opportunity. And maybe he was in the past. I mean, we see the mother folds the picture over. He's made mistakes possible at the end of the day he's a good man he is such a good man and and that's the other thing too is like i know this is the 80s so i can't really fault it for this but it's just like what if this man doesn't want kids what if he doesn't view marriage the way everybody else does but that was literally the definition of what love is and what commitment is and i i just feel that it was just very forced on him through the dynamics of how this movie played out and it just kind of sucks that that's kind of how it was. It was a very black and white film and world where being single was... <laughs> was we gotta marry you off, Uncle Buck, by the end of this movie. <laughs> yeah, where, you know, having a family is the white. And it just, I don't know, but did you, I don't know if you noticed this. Uh, the mom in the beginning, she's wearing a robe and it's all trans flags colors. And I was like, oh, God bless you. Good for her. If I like anything about this woman, it's the fact that she was representing trans trans <laughs> community in her wardrobe so she was very awkward she was definitely not the mother from home alone that when you when kevin has that moment with her and he's, she's like mom it was not like that for me with tia and her at the end mm -hmm. like i didn't feel i i got it that they are they're okay now but i didn't get that again i hate to refer to home alone but that home alone mom's back i'm gonna do this we're gonna work on it I, it's just like eh. <laughs> maybe because i didn't like either one of them <laughs> Okay, so I want to talk about Buck for a moment. I thought that his comedic timing, his style, the way he approached scenes, I, I just thought were comic gold. I just, I was actually proud of his imperfections. I found his creative style of like cooking the birthday pancakes and all of that food. And don't they look good? Like a giant pancake? Yeah. I, I you know, the whole laundry thing in the microwave, uh, his <laughs> unconventional way of raising the kids and taking care of them. Uh, also, just his way of you know, handling Tia and, and just conversing with her like he never gave up on her. And there were so many reasons why I already threw in the tie out. Like when she ruined his relationship 
That was horrifying. Over the phone. I like, I honestly expected Buck to lose it, but he just walked away and was like, whatever, whenever you are ready to see the error of your ways, I will be here. And, but like, my God, I would I couldn't have do lost it. it. I would have lost it. But I, I do enjoy sort of this contrast of what it's like to just kind of be a bachelor, not really having your life together, but just treating life as fun as it can be. The car, I think, was a huge representation of what we were supposed to see him as, which is old, rustic. You know, you need to turn in this and, and get a new car and, you know, change your life. I mean, he was basically holding on to whatever it is he was holding on to with this car. And the exhaust, I think... Did you like the exhaust? That's my favorite. <laughs> one of the best running gags in this film. It was the fact that he knew it was coming. And that first time when it happened at school and he timed it just right and all the kids like thought it was God. that was amazing i thought that was hilarious what time do you want me to pick you up after school don't bother i'll get a ride with friends oh no no i got my orders uh, what time are you really this stupid i said i would get a ride i always get a ride hey i'll just call the school find out what time and uh, i'll meet you right here go ahead call the school i won't be here stand me up today and tomorrow I'll drive you to school in my robe and pajamas and walk you to your first class. Four o'clock, okay? I'm stunned that I'm related to you. So funny. I love that. But then the way that he handled Bug, um, Jay Underwood, who I believe is the boy in the plastic bubble, right? Or no, 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 the boy who could fly. That's who that is. Yeah, That's I was going to say the bubble one is... Yeah, John Travolta. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, the, he's the boy who could fly. Yeah, he he says to him, oh, ever hear of a tune-up? And he, you know, <laughs> and imitates <laughs> his laugh and makes fun of him. And I'm like, oh, I already love Buck now. Like, he does not take any shit. Ritualistic murder. Murder, he oh says. my god so good all of this that whole entire axe thing was fantastic and he literally walked back to his car and he was like see i told you come over i want to show it like all of that was so good so good maybe your bug here can join us we can talk about burying the hatchet you know what a hatchet is don't you bug it's an axe sort of yeah yeah i got one in the car if you'd like to see it a pass. Fair enough. I like to carry it, you know. You never know when you're gonna need it. Uh, you know, a situation may come up, say, uh, uh, for example, someone's been uh, drinking and about to drive a loved one home. Then I like to know I have it. Not to kill, <laughs> just to maim. I just have to bring up my favorite scene, and it's the smallest thing, Rob, is the clown. When this drunk clown shows up late for Macaulay's birthday party, and his two friends are still there, and they don't want anything to do with the clown, but that has something to do with it. It's when he punches this clown in the nose, and he goes down like one of those wacko yeah. clown things yeah. and just comes back up. What did, you, what did you have, a few drinks this morning? <laughs> huh? I, I think you did, didn't you? Mother Cabrini? You never touch this stuff? No, 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 but I, I I wouldn't be drinking if I was gonna entertain some kids. Hey, I don't have to take any shit from you. You know who I am? In the field of local live home entertainment. Oh my god! Get in your mouse and get out of here. Hey, uh, let me tell you something, you low life lying, four flushing sack of shit. <laughs> 
hysterical. I lost it even today. <laughs> but see, that's the thing. The type of person that Buck is, he would have let the man in and do his thing so he didn't have to take care of the kids. I just I just had such a different movie exactly. in my head. This is not exactly. who Buck is. It was but Here's the thing. Anytime that he would give Tia or Bug this psycho face, I was like, he was channeling Eldona, even though he hadn't played her yet. I was like, this is Eldona right here with the drill and the shadow and like ev- just everything leading up to it. He just really just did not like give a shit. He just was like, I'm going to look psycho and I'm going to scare the shit out of you into submission. I just... I just thought that was good. And he had him in the trunk the whole that part. time. <laughs> that is. I was dying. I just I just love this character. Buck is cool. I just think he's super cool. So I the only thing oh, oh actually one okay, so one thing, because all, they also give you the impression like when he goes to the bowling alley, it's like, look at me, I hang out with all the these toothpick guy. The toothpick guy. Yeah, he was gross. But he had clearly been in a fight lately or whatever the case may be. But it's like, look at me, you know, I hang out with all these riffraffs and I take kids there. Like, I don't there was just this picture they tried to paint on him that just wasn't sticking for me i just didn't see it but even his friend who came over and offered him about the horse race or whatever and all of that like i guess he was i don't know if he was meant to be sleazy or whatever but like when tia wouldn't shake his hand i'm like judgmental munch like just a whole i mean I'm but sorry. Again, I don't know if Hughes was trying to give this impression that he needs to even let those friends go. I bet you they are wonderful people. They just do things differently. You know, they want to get rich quick and whatnot. But does that make them bad people? So how much of this is how they sell a movie, right? Because it's you're making great points. If you read the back of the VHS cover, let's just say a blockbuster, you would think exactly what Rob is saying. Someone who doesn't want to do any responsible thing oversleeps this man sleeps in the bed with them to like and and gets pushed off the bed that was so adorable and they all end up going to the floor with him (laughs) it is so cute so So, good yeah yeah. so is it that is it because John Hughes does three hour movies evidently and we do see more scenes when he was letting them down but to me no like this is not the projection he's charming he didn't lose his temper once like you're saying with Tia she could not bring him down he was going to remain the same person he always was I yes I completely agree Uh, I will say the whole plate thing was hilarious I mean and that was a little bit of a hint of like oh you know we're gonna get this guy who's like fumbling and you know all this stuff on himself and whatnot I will say the one thing that I was like no this is not a good move Tia did this too they both Tia and Buck left the kids at home by themselves yeah that was odd (laughs) but here's what's really odd is that buck sent over shanice before like after buck leaves so shanice comes over and was like hey kids i'm here to watch you uncle buck sent me like that is a literal fear that parents is just like oh what do you say when somebody says that I sent you over? What are you going to tell them? Like, this is literally what is not supposed to happen. I thought he was going to wait until she got there. You can't send a grown woman over and be like, let me in the house. I'm supposed to watch you. Like, But when Macaulay smiles and he says, can I please see your driver's license, ma'am? And then if this is such a real world thing because it happens till today. 
can you please take it out of your wallet? Because she added in the wallet. That was amazing. Like, that was amazing. I love that. So funny. He was so polite about it. I guess that's the show he was making sure that this was the uncle's friend. But yeah, not a good thing. But again, 1989? Yeah. Not that great. <laughs> so Rob, this is crazy. I did not know this until recently. There was a TV show in the following year, 1990, Uncle Buck, which lasted a season. As a matter of fact, there is six episodes that did not air, and it still has never been seen to people Ooh, to this day because it got canceled. That plot line had Uncle Buck having to take care of them full time because the parents died. Oh, well, it makes it long lasting for sure. Right. So, okay, no, I I get that. And then ABC 2016, which ended up, Rob actually watched this, but I had no idea this was even a thing in 2016. This is when I was working like almost 45 hours a week and I I saw no TV. Mike. Apps. Buck, we need someone to watch the kids. Any chance you're free? You'll love to have me here. I'm lots of fun. Who want to see me jump off the balcony in the pool? Oh, damn. I love taking care of them kids, and I do it well. Yeah! Mom, a prostitute taught me to twerk. There's no way he's got this. Look what I got Macy to do. I'm a right. Oh, hell no. It's way harder than I thought it would be. What are you hitting me for? You're not the police. And the wonderful lessons continue. 2016 it's time to you know uh race change all of our beloved tv you know we we have to have a a black version (laughs) yes they definitely tried it neil long was was the parents but see this is the thing the uncle buck was sort of like a pseudo nanny because the mom and dad were working too much the mom and dad didn't go away so there was a clash of parenting styles but he was supposed to be a live-in sort of babysitter for them while the parents did their thing okay so this is perfect then so how did mike epps portray uncle buck in this version so mike epps you'd have to really know him from his other works and movies but he definitely plays a guy who's sort of like resident evil (laughs) (laughs) but he's a little bit of a player um and when i say player i just mean like he likes you know quick schemes he doesn't really like to work as much he gambles or you know he smokes or you know he likes to do things you know sort of the the laziest way and i shouldn't say lazy like i don't want to get up just more of like i don't want to do a nine to five i want to do you know jobs that gets you you know money real quick you know he just doesn't do things the traditional family way 
right? Um, but again, you're considered the black sheep because you're not traditionally earning your keep like most people right. in society. So, but he was still the nice guy. You know, again, he didn't have, you know, um, the nicest car or whatever the case may be. But again, he had a lot of street smarts while everyone else had education. And I think that's the biggest difference when you see sort of um, how these types of people would raise kids and be that uncle, you know, the influence of like, oh, I'm in it for the honeys and all of that stuff. Like, and not to use that term with this but I, yeah, show, but, but you know, know, like he he's more women driven than like yeah. wanting to have kids, right? You know, so that that's kind of how they played it off. But it was ABC and, you know, it was still family friendly. Big names. For me, again, you're only as strong as your kid actors, and these kid actors were not good. They just weren't good. Their line delivery was so bad, they just weren't funny. And this show could have done a justice if they had better children actors. So, unfortunately, it just did not work. Especially when a show revolves around children. That's a big part of the show. It is a very big part. So, that's my excuse for why people didn't watch it. Other people could have been like, blasphemy, how dare you change the race of this beloved classic John Hughes movie, but whatever. Um... I didn't read anything like that, but again, ABC, you know, they're very fickle. Well, there's a thing, too, with John Candy, I think, as well, too, because he's gone, I think, as well. So it's like that, you know, there's probably, like, so many reasons why. Of course, yes. But yeah, that also lasted one season, I believe, only six episodes. Because I think there's potential in this. So much potential. Well, just the way that the movie was played out gave series vibes. It was nothing but just these moments that could have happened at any point in time. So... I actually want to watch some of the YouTube episodes of the the season that we got of the 90s, too. Like, I want to see, maybe see both because rewatching this, I enjoyed it so much. So there's trivia on IMDb, right? That you never know who adds these kinds of things. And so this is the biggest list of actors that had a potential to be Uncle Buck, which can we believe half of these? Interesting. I thought this was written for John Candy. Uh, to me, you would think. Think, right because it looks like especially after trains planes automobiles yeah. well they had said that because they became close friends that they decided to work together more i thought this was how that happened that's what i would think because of the relationship as well so again take this with a grain of salt but danny devito oh my god i would Tom love that it <laughs> would it would depend if he was gonna play tom cruise in this movie because I think that would show great range for him not to be like a stud and just to be right. this sloppy guy who and just doesn't. Be. I would have loved that. Dan Aykroyd, which I could see. Definitely. Michael Keaton. Yes, definitely. Oh, hell yes. Ed O'Neill. Oh, well, when you're ready, that's what we should have done. Dutch. Dutch is the literal oh, Thanksgiving movie. And I told myself I was going to make you do that movie. So, okay, so we'll have t- we have two movies for next year radical ones. Dutch, I thing. totally forgot. Dutch is literally like he plays that guy who's just perfect. like I don't That's follow the, you know, traditional sense and he has to take care of this kid. Oh, I totally forgot about Dutch. Darn it. Okay, go ahead. You heard it here, folks. Robin Williams, Jack yeah. Nicholson? Yes, I could see that, but for a PG family, I don't know how great that would pan out, but it would be a totally different film. Well, this is where it gets weirder, too. Joe Pesci? Yes, and they've worked together. 
that's why I could see that. John Travolta. Yeah, I look who's talking. He's better over there. And this is the weirdest one. And this is why I said, is this a joke? Because these were this is compiled from a list of five different people saying roles. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. No. <laughs> Meryl Streep was considered to play Uncle Buck. So does that mean like she they were all thinking of switching it to an ant? Or is that just, it has to be like a joke, right? Well, you, I mean, Uncle Buck isn't based on anything, so the movie shouldn't be called Uncle Buck at all if it was played by a woman. Right, well, that's true. That's true. So, John Goodman was considered for the role of Uncle Buck. He would later go on to play Fred Flintstone in The Flintstones, a role in which John Candy was also up for. Oh, his favorite cartoon. Sadly, he prematurely died in 1994 before playing it. That would have been so sweet. I think John Goodman fills the role a little bit better, yeah, but I would have loved honestly. John Candy could have been Barney, though. Thank you for setting that up. Rick Moranis turned down the role for the brother of Bob. Mm. So it would have been John, John Candy's brother in this movie. Gotcha. That's funny because Rick Moranis ended up in Flintstones, too. Well, Flintstones. Yeah. <laughs> Not <laughs> yeah. two. Not two, yeah. <laughs> so, Rob, clearly you were a fan of this movie. <laughs> I I really was. And, you know, uh, aside from, you know, Tia and her angsty ways, I laughed so much out loud. And I just found this movie to be so funny and joyful and, and just such a great character to see John Candy portray. Like, I will definitely be watching this again. Um, I did have to rent it. So yes, I will be purchasing this at some point to rewatch it. Uh, I just I just found it to be endearing and something to really possibly turn into a comfort movie. So yes, I recommend this wow. for anyone who has not seen this movie. I think you would get a kick out of it. And as we are further analyzing John Hughes films in today's um, lenses, this is a movie that can survive that backlash, that hump, because for 16 Candles and Breakfast Club and all of that oh, to yeah. get more praise <laughs> with how offensive those movies are. This movie is a definite film that stands the test of time and can still be considered something to watch with the family without having to go through all of this like, nope, can't watch this now. It's offensive, yada, yada. And every movie has a little bit of that. But I think if we're really hammering john hughes this is a movie that's outside of that box so i appreciate why isn't it out there more i don't hear anyone talking about this movie i don't know (laughs) i don't know and again there are still other john hughes films that i haven't seen but i've heard about and it doesn't really give me any motivation to watch them but the moment ryan says he wants to review it that's when i'll watch Ooh, wow i i love that i'm so happy rob had such a pleasant experience watching this for the first time and yeah and again it's not really streaming on anything it seems like more and more movies are not as readily available i'm kind of scared so it does make me want to buy the dvd if you have a favorite movie buy it on physical media dawn of the dead is not available in the u.s thank god i have a million copies but you know buy your favorite movie people if you really love it (laughs) You never know. You never know. (laughs) Rob, where can the lovely people find you when you're not hanging out over here? And what are we up to lately? (laughs) 
Currently, Ryan and I are covering the comic book series of Charmed as they extended the series for two more seasons, season nine and season 10. Uh, bi-weekly podcasts where we are reading uh, three issues at a time and giving our first impression reviews on how the story continued after the original TV series. It's called Brunch with the Hollowells and you can find it on any podcast app. And you can always reach us on the Radical Retro Rewind podcast podcast one word on instagram we're also on youtube and you know radical ones this week of thanksgiving this might be a wonderful time if i know it's busy but if you have time to leave a voicemail which is on the anchor website you'll find it in the description or a review on apple it would be so amazing so amazing our last review was over a year ago so I would love one in the new year, if possible. <laughs> yes, uh, a review on Apple or Spotify. If not, word of mouth. Tell everyone about the podcast. Anything that you enjoy about it, recommend an episode. Your word of mouth helps our audience grow. So, yes, if you haven't yet, definitely leave your thoughts. We love the feedback, and we want to make this show more enjoyable for you to listen to. We are thankful for everyone who listens now. I'm thankful for my co-host, Rob grateful for david and i'm grateful for movies like uncle buck happy thanksgiving if you celebrate that and uh we'll be back next week with thundercats but we have a whole december and i'm so excited for our new episode so thank you rob thank you thanks everyone for listening bye bye you ever hear of a tuna (laughs) you ever hear of a ritual killing When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.